Hello, this is Pastor Mike Agnew with St. Paul's United Methodist Church, located at 531 West Main Street in Cherokee. We have Sunday school at 9 o'clock and worship at 1010. And if you want to find out more, you can go to our website at CherokeeMethodist.com. There you can find our newsletters, most recent bulletin, information about things going on in the church. You can also link to our YouTube channel where you can find live and recorded services. Now, today, we are continuing our Advent sermon series called Christmas at the Movies. Each week, we've been taking a look at some of the iconic Christmas movies and seeing the connections that they have to the Christmas story. Now, The Nightmare Before Christmas is a movie that came out in 1993, 30 years ago, directed by Tim Burton, creator of movies such as Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands. This movie was made more for children, and it's stop-motion animation, which, if you're not familiar with that, stop-motion animation is where you have these figures that you make for the movie and these sets, and then you put them in a certain position and you take a picture. Then you move them in a slightly different position and you take another picture, and you do that on and on for the whole movie. It's a very tedious process, but the result's kind of cool. So this movie has only grown in popularity through the years, becoming a cultural phenomenon. And basically, to give you a quick synopsis, it's a story where each holiday has its own world. Jack Skillington, the main character in the Halloween world, is bored with Halloween. It's the same thing every year, and he's ready for something new. And he stumbles upon Christmas Town. You know, he ends up going into the Christmas world, and he, he loves what he sees. He feels a sense of joy, as though this could fill the void that he has been needing for something new in his life. And so he decides that he and his friends will do Christmas this year and give Santa a break. (coughs) Problem is, they really don't understand what Christmas is all about. I mean, to some extent they understand, but they see it through their own Halloween lens, right? So, So all the toys that they make are scary, you know? They come up with a sleigh and reindeer, but the reindeer are skeleton reindeer, and the sleigh is made out of a hearse. You know, so they have their own slant on Halloween, and Jack thinks he's doing a good thing. He thinks he's doing Santa a favor, giving him the year off, and, um, you know, Christmas is going to be great. Um, But obviously, um, we can see it coming. We can see that this is going to be a disaster, and it is. Uh, Jack eventually brings his... Uh, slaying reindeer to the world and delivers presents on Christmas Eve. But the problem is that uh, the presents start attacking the children. People are scared and upset. They close their fireplaces off. Uh, The military is called, and the military shoots down Jack and his reindeer. It's very dramatic. Now, of course, Jack doesn't die because he's already dead. But he realizes his mistake. He realizes that he's been blind And he returns to the Halloween world to get Santa to save Christmas. And of course, Santa does save Christmas. And Jack is reinvigorated with new ideas for Halloween. And he's also learned a lesson about taking over something he didn't really understand in the first place. Now, there are a number of lessons we can take from this movie. But today we're going to focus on when plans do not turn out the way you thought that they would. Or in other words, as the title of the sermon says, when plans become nightmares. 
this sermon is for Christmas Eve morning. Since it's Sunday, we have a morning service. And for many of you, your plans for Christmas will be executed tonight or tomorrow or somewhere within the week. Plans for family get-togethers and all the traditions that you consider a part of the holiday. Things that, honestly, some of us have been preparing for since Halloween ended. There's a lot of pressure around the holidays, you know, somewhat put on by culture and also by ourselves. You know, we want to have the perfect Christmas, the Hallmark Christmas, where everyone is happy and enjoys one another's company and everyone's schedule is free to all get together. But the problem is, it's hard to have a perfect Christmas when life itself is imperfect. It's hard to get everyone together when schedules vary and many people have many family gatherings to attend. It's hard to have a perfect Christmas when your family doesn't all get along, so you don't dare all get together in one place at the same time. It's hard to have a perfect Christmas when tragedy strikes, a scary diagnosis, or the loss of a loved one recently. It's hard to have a perfect Christmas when you can't afford it. There are many reasons why Plans may not turn out the way you imagined, just as Jack's plan of taking over Christmas did not go as he thought it would. So what do we do in these circumstances? Well, I think somewhat we need to lower our expectations. That sounds bad, I know, but expectations create pressure. And sometimes our expectations are too unrealistic. Because the reality is not every family is the same And those Christmas gatherings in the movies, they aren't too common. But they're based on an idealistic Hollywood view. So lowering our expectations and accepting reality can actually make things better. You think your Christmas won't be perfect? Well, know that your Christmas is probably more normal and more like everyone else's than what your friend's social media posts may make it seem. We have to remember that the first Christmas was far from perfect. The Christmas story in the Gospel of Luke is a case study for plans gone awry, right? I mean, Mary probably had her own expectations and views about how life would go, you know. We all have generally an idea of how we think life will go. There's a certain order of things, and especially in the ancient world, you get married and then you have children. But then the angel Gabriel turned everything on its head when he announced that she would conceive first. Never mind all the negative societal connotations with that. But okay, I suppose that's a hurdle that could be overcome. But that would be a hard one. But that's not it. Mary also probably assumed that she would give birth in her hometown. Why not? Where's she going to go? Well, that wasn't going to happen either because they had to travel to Bethlehem in her third trimester for taxes, right? Now, many of you probably know this, but guess what? Doctors don't recommend you travel long distance in your third trimester of pregnancy. They get kind of squeamish about that. They like you to be close to home in case something happens. But nope, Mary's got to travel approximately nine days on foot or by animal in her third trimester of pregnancy because the government wants to take a census for taxes, Are you kidding me? And then it's when she's in Bethlehem that she goes into labor, which probably isn't a huge surprise. It was probably just the icing on top of this cake of 
of uh, unmet expectations. But this is a time when everyone is back in town for the census. Where is she going to find a place to give birth that's private and away from people? Well, the only place is a stable where animals are kept. I wonder if they wondered where God was. You know, we're so used to this story that it sounds serene to us, but it wouldn't have been. It would have been very chaotic and scary for them. I wonder if God seemed absent to them during this time. Thing is, he wasn't. God was with them in more ways than one. But we can understand why they would have felt that way. So as we celebrate Christmas this season, if things don't work out, if your plans become nightmares or your plans just don't pan out, remember, the first Christmas wasn't perfect either, but it was okay. And your imperfect Christmas will be okay too. Because sometimes it's the in the imperfect that we see the beauty of God. Amen. God bless and Merry Christmas.